0: Now, welcome to the Ray Millennial Show. Starting Ray, the Millennial. And welcome back to the Ray Millennial Hour. If any of you are interested in being interviewed or have any kind of inquiries, feel free to email me at ray.millennial@protonmail.com. at protonmail.com. That's R-A-Y dot N-N-I-A-L at ProtonMail.com And you know what's great about this show is that I can talk about whatever the heck pops in my head. And in true millennial fashion, today I'm going to explain how life is a video game. Specifically, we're going to talk about the spirituality of The Legend of Zelda. Now before we get into all that, I have more or less decided that I am going to be posting the show entirely on Rockfin you know, if I'm lucky enough to be accepted on there. The main reason for this is because I believe the quality of the interactions with your fans will dramatically increase if they are more committed to the content. And in turn, content creators will become more obligated in cranking out the best content they are capable of. But we'll cross that bridge once we get there. So this episode is not going to be about some fanboy gushing over his love of The Legend of Zelda. That's what YouTube is for. Instead, I wanted to explore how the philosophies of the game imparted by the story and the game design can be applied to real life. Because after all, that's what this show is about. How people can apply practical changes to their day-to-day. Before we go any further, I wanted to clarify religion and spirituality are two totally different things entirely religion is a system telling you how you should interpret spirituality spirituality is a personal endeavor of enlightenment now the first thing i wanted to get into is the design of the game To try to understand the intent behind the design of the game, we have to look at the game developers and where they are coming from. In my humble opinion, I think game developers have an immense responsibility and a unique opportunity of influencing young minds of the future. These games, and the message they impart, physically shape how young minds go about analyzing and solving problems. In other words, game developers are responsible for developing the critical thinking skills of their audience. Now this can easily turn into a discussion of the effectiveness of the American school system and supplemental education, but I'm trying to stay on topic here. The Legend of Zelda is a franchise that has been around for about 30 years now. This franchise is a true testament of the consistency of quality. Every time I play a new Legend of Zelda game, I always notice that each storyline has incredible overlap with spiritual themes and points of view. Gods and goddesses, beings of light and beings of darkness, mystical creatures, ancient technology, alternate dimensions, ascension, lightness versus darkness, Atlantis, which makes me wonder, what the hell do the game developers know that we don't? And I'm sure the people at Nintendo are a creative bunch, but obviously, these games are based on real-life legends. We can get into a discussion about the Sumerian tablets and the true origins of Earth, but that's another episode for another time. Now, on a more personal note, these games have showed me what the human imagination is capable of. Living in America, I personally know that, especially in recent times, there has been an assault on the human imagination using shame and science to correct any thought that veers outside the status quo. But this game wasn't made entirely in America. Nintendo is headquartered in Japan. And I realized that Japanese culture might also be big on pushing conformity in their society. But I often wonder, maybe through the use of our imagination, we can effectively bring about change in our own lives. I believe part of what makes humans so special is that our brains are programmable. And if our brains are programmable, then that means the brain is self-programmable. If you haven't played The Legend of Zelda, I highly recommend doing so. It's akin to a religious experience. A lot of people bash on video gamers for not having their priorities in order, but maybe the gamers are the ones that have it figured out. I mean, as far as time management goes, they are self-aware enough to know that it's impossible to be productive all the time. They are able to quiet their mind enough to focus entirely on the task at hand, and they are able to do so for long periods of time. The smart ones have even figured out how to get paid for it. However, I will say that The way video games are played and the analysis that goes along with problem solving has changed over the years because of the infinite amount of information available on the internet. Two different generations of gamers playing the same game can have a completely different experience depending on what point point in time they played the game. On the one hand, I do believe that Gen Zers have the capability to learn how to use technology faster than older generations. A big reason for that, in my opinion, is because of the amount of reference material that is available to us in this day and age. On the other hand, the older generations had the opportunity to figure out the game on their own, which can be a very rewarding experience. This reminds me of the brain study conducted on cab drivers in London. They found that the London cab drivers had a physically larger hippocampus over the control subjects simply because the immensity of detail they store in their brains and also because the amount of time they have dedicated to performing and repeating the same kind of function. But anyway, this podcast was supposed to be about the spirituality of Zelda And the deeper I get into this script, the more I am becoming aware of the immensity of the topic. I do believe that video games are an especially personal journey. Just think about when you are barely starting to play a video game. At the beginning of your journey, you are just struggling to figure out how to even use the controls. Inevitably, the storyline progresses and in the process, we are actively mastering the controls, whether we are aware of it or not. Pretty soon we are engaged in the storyline without being bothered by the mundanities of the controls. Eventually we master the storyline and we are free to explore the entirety of the universe with our newfound abilities. So the first theme of spirituality I wanted to talk about is the concept of lightness versus darkness. The Legend of Zelda does a good job of showing throughout its series that lightness is inextricably linked to darkness. You can't have one without the other. Of course, you have Link's shadow side, quite aptly named Shadow Link, conferring upon us that there is a dark side to all of us as individuals. But if we go back to the origins of evil within the game, we can pinpoint, we can pinpoint it all back to a dark entity named Demise. And as a side note here, it's interesting to note that Link has to travel to a different dimension in order to confront this entity of darkness. Which brings me to the realization that the so-called bad guys are actually in control most of the time. The so-called good guys achieve only short-lived triumphs. Think about Star Wars. The Jedi is an army of good guys The Sith is only comprised of two bad guys. And yet, the Sith is in control throughout the whole series. Same with The Legend of Zelda. Ganon represents the dark side of the Triforce. Zelda and Link represent the light side of the Triforce. It's two against one, and yet they equal each other out. Ganon arguably spends more time being in control of Hyrule than Zelda and Link throughout the whole series. Darkness is just so much more overwhelmingly powerful than the light. Lightness has to make more effort in order to bring the universe back to a state of equilibrium. I wanna shift gears a little bit here and talk about the journey of the protagonist. And by the way, the reason that Link does not talk throughout the whole series is because it's easier for the audience to project onto him. And this is important for in the silent protagonist, we reflect the qualities we personally value. What, what I find ironic is that throughout the entire series, Link is labeled as the chosen one. The irony is that this game is being played by millions of people worldwide. So in essence, you're telling millions of people that they are the chosen ones. This is probably the most important message of the game, because like I said earlier, I feel that there has been an active assault on the human imagination through science and shame. Science would have you believe that we're just specks of shit floating on a rock through space with no purpose other than to reproduce and to die. That to me sounds like a very boring way to spend our incarnation here on earth. I do believe that every human is like a mini god. I do believe that humans possess divine capabilities, such as mind reading and levitation, but it's up to us to unlock these capabilities. But that's another conversation for another episode. And I think this is a good place to end it. I know there is still a lot to cover on this particular topic. I may make another episode, but if anyone out there has any thoughts they would like to contribute, I'm always down to do interviews. Oh, and it should also be noted that Navi, Tail, Fee, and Eslo are representative of intuition. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.